0: Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here. Locked On Nationals podcast brought to you by Built Bar. On tonight's episode, Connor Jones joins me to break down the Nationals' seven to six collapse to the Atlanta Braves as the Nats fall to eight and twelve on the season. Daniel Hudson gives up four runs in the bottom of the ninth. We'll have more on that after this. Three two to Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki. See you later
1: and won it, seven runs in the bottom of the ninth. This is deep to center field. Bellinger's back, it's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick with a 10th inning grand slam to break it open. The former Dodger breaking hearts of Los Angeles. The kick in, here it comes.
0: Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. The celebration is on. The Washington Nationals are the world champions. You are listening to the Locked On Nationals podcast your one-stop shop for news, analysis, and conversation surrounding your reigning, undisputed World Series champion Washington Nationals. Now, here's your host, Josh Neighbors. Hello, everybody. Locked on Nationals podcast. It is Monday, August 17th, 2020. Josh Neighbors here. Right after the Nationals' 7-6 to loss against the Atlanta Braves, Connor Jones joins me. You know, there's... I mean, there's a bunch of different ways you go to this game, Connor. It, you know, I was talking today. It would be really big for the Nats to get a win in this series when it was, it was Sanchez, Voth, and Fetty getting the three starts. To get an Anibal Sanchez win and to have to only win one of the two starts after with Voth and Fetty going, it felt doable. And they were in position tonight. But dear Lord, Daniel Hudson made a mess, mess of things um, in the ninth. Yeah,
1: it feels just like old times back in D.C. You got the, you got the bullpen absolutely butchering a game that, some, that your teammates work hard to win. So, I mean, we're used to that around these parts. A guy blowing a game in the ninth, whether it be the seventh, the eighth. Usually it comes a little bit earlier when, with the Nats bullpen blowing a game. But um, so we got to see that. We're used to it. Um, you know, like you said, it is important to try and win these games, especially when you're pitching a rotation. And a big three-game series against the Braves consists of Anibal Sanchez, Austin Voth, and Eric Fetty. That's not what you want to see, and <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have, you're kind of behind the eight ball here. Um, it's just you try and find somewhat positive things to say, but when you start to look at this roster, you look at the record, you look at losing four out of six to the Baltimore Orioles, and it's 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 just pretty
0: concerning. The Nets go to eight and twelve. The Braves go to fourteen and ten. I will say this, though. If you go up until the ninth inning, there were so many positive moments in this game for the Nationals. Luis Garcia's performance the first couple games has been good. He's had some bats where he looks a bit uh, unprofessional up there, like he's not completely prepared. But he's also had some awesome at-bats. You know, that home run tonight was was amazing. Juan Soto's incredible home run tonight. Esther Bucabrera going two for four tonight. The bullpen, and I'll even give Sanchez some credit, a lot of grinding was happening between this. Everything was good. Everything was good, I thought. Like, it just in terms of how the game was shaping up, up until the ninth. I thought there was a lot more positive than bad up until that ninth inning.
1: Yeah, and there was some positives, without a doubt. I think the biggest – if you want to look at reasons that the game was lost before nine innings, it's the number of – runners that were left on base. I mean, that, that comes back to bite you in baseball time and time again. again. It's like the hitter version of leadoff walks is leaving runners on base. And they left bases loaded a couple of times. They left two men on once. And that's just – I mean, that's a collective effort. Um, you know, they got their hits without a doubt and scored enough runs to win the game. But if you want to look at what you can do better offensively, you can't, you can't, let, you can't let all those opportunities go to waste. It puts some pressure on your pitching. You did mention Annaball going you know five innings three runs the way he started that's that's a great job by him to hang in there and battle so I think you you got to give Anibal a lot of credit for that but you know it's there's more than that goes into it than just Daniel Hudson's performance but it's it's a backbreaker and you know it doesn't even get to that point if you drive in the runs when you should earlier
0: in the game yeah 0 for 9 and score and with runners in scoring position and Something I thought was important, Connor, is that in their in their recent wins, they've done a good job of moving the line. They've kept the they've kept the line moving, especially in the last, I feel like the last this weekend against the Orioles. They did a lot of that in the last couple days. Tonight there was none of that. And it cannot be that hit or miss. With that being said, they did replace that inability to hit the runners in scoring position with some power tonight. The problem is and, and I understand your your concern. Yeah, you got to drive guys in with runners in scoring position, sure. But they did replace it with power, and in my opinion, in a situation like this tonight, this one's on the pitching. This one is on Annibal. I, I think does he does he doesn't deserve credit. He is he is fighting himself more than anything else right now. I think that's very clear. I'm not sure if you saw it right before the game. FP was talking about how. The bullpen with Cam was on him, and, and they stayed – they kind of lingered. He and the pitching coach, you know, they, they lingered a little bit extra in the bullpen tonight before they even made it out to the to the field. He's clearly fighting himself a bit more than he is, you know, fighting, I guess you could say, the other team. I thought tonight's performance was the best he could give given what he is dealing with. I think in the end, Daniel Hudson, that's, that's what this game falls on.
1: I'm not going to – the, the blame doesn't deserve – on to, should not fall on Anibal Sanchez tonight. He's been a huge part of the problem. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's right. 0-3. Yeah, he's Managed horrible. Yes. a nine-point-something RA. He's been a huge part of it. You look at what happened in the bullpen. It, you know, Will Harris struggled. He, he put a couple guys on. He got through it. Tanner Rainey struggled. He really battled out of a tough situation, though. So, you know, that's, that's a huge positive. And then Daniel Hudson blew it again, um, similar to – to I guess what happened against the Orioles about a week and a half ago I'll read off a number here on numbers of runs given up over some of the last games starting with the Orioles series the prior weekend 11-5-6-4-1 11-8-3-7-5-7 that's not good that's that's a problem and it doesn't fall on one guy Hudson's a part of it as the is the ninth inning pitcher but with Strasburg down, with a rotation that has struggling Sanchez and and young back-of-the-rotation guys, Austin Voth and Eric Fetty, that's, you're going to have to score a lot of runs. And I'm not sure the Nats offense is built to, to score a lot of runs outside of Juan Soto. I mean, it's a functional offense with what Soto can give you, uh, um, which is, is obviously insane, the year he's having. But, yeah, it falls mostly on Daniel Hudson. And if you told me coming into this year that Hudson, um, Harris – and Doolittle weren't going to really give you much, then I think this is pretty predictable.
0: Yeah, I, I want to move, you know, kind of to what happened tonight, just kind of giving a, you know, a scenario. In the second inning, Luis Garcia has that two-run home run, and then Eric Thames also homered, too. It was nice to see that. Both those guys over 400 feet. The Braves in the bottom of the second, they get two back, and make get 3-2. The Nats uh, were able to walk in a run with Kurt, a nice Kurt Suzuki at bat. They're at the top of the third. Darno made it four three in the bottom of the third, and then Cabrera top of the fifth, making it five to three. Top of the ninth, Soto goes deep four forty five. This is where I want to talk about. That. I mean, excellent at bat, and Juan Soto has been once again like we just keep we're gonna keep doing this over and over again. There's not much more we can say about him besides the fact that he is uh, special and then some. Because what he's doing right now is, I mean, from from him having you know. I, I think the biggest question for me right now is, what do the first eight games of the season look like if Juan Soto is in the lineup? I, t- I tweeted this today. It's 5.1 runs per game offensively in the last 11, not counting tonight, with Soto in the lineup. It was 3.6 for the first eight games of the season without him in the lineup. Obviously, he brings a lot, but what do those first eight, game, eight games look like? I know it's you're crying over spilled milk, but it is hard to think about this team and where they would be if they did have him in the first eight games and it wasn't like he was injured. It wasn't like he actually had coronavirus. It was a false positive that cost him that much time.
1: Yeah, it is. It's not something that I think is worth harping on too much just because
0: I think it's worth noting though, with those numbers. I mean, with those numbers, it is worth worth noting.
1: The way I see it is, I look at the team that the Nats are today with him in the lineup and this it's talking about the team collectively even with him it's similar to what you've seen with the Mike Trout on the Angels you can have a phenomenal player one of the best players in the game but if you don't have the parts around that guy then how much how much is that gonna do for you as a team in the end and I think that's kind of where the Nats are sitting at right now so do they win another game or two over the first eight if he plays it's certainly possible but I think that all those problems that we still see and talk about tonight all those all those still exist so it can be a short-term band-aid it can win you a couple games here or there but at the end of the day um, you know your your two two back-end guys have coming into this year right now have ERA 5.40 Will Harris 7.88 Daniel Hudson and and Sean Doolittle is on the DL with who knows how serious of an injury.
0: Let's get to that Soto home run really fast because it was a really interesting situation where he hits the home run and stares at it, enjoys it for a second, enjoying his handiwork as he deserves to from what he's done so far this season. Will Smith, the opposing pitcher, did not enjoy Juan Soto enjoying his own work. I thought Will Smith, if look, if you know if like if you don't turn around to look at the ball going out of the yard because you know it's out. Probably just not saying anything at all. He he proceeds to call Juan Soto a mother effer, dude. You lost that one. There's no need for that. Like there is no need for it at all. And that's your reaction to getting having somebody tank one off you. Like you gave it up. It's fine. You don't have to curse the dude. You lost that battle. I I hate it when guys do stuff like that. I I just can't stand it.
1: Yeah, I mean Soto Soto definitely stared him down a little bit. What happened there? Um or what preceded it, I guess we don't know. It'll be interesting to see if either uh, guys on either roster talk about that after the game.
0: They've never faced – by the way, they've never faced off. Yeah,
1: it was something that happened tonight, I think. Right.
0: Right. Something that was
1: said or or heard. I mean, FP was talking about all the broadcast, and I think that that makes the most sense. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, going forward with that because, you know, they – I guess FP was saying they need to be red alert tonight with Will Smith (laughs) out there, but they probably need to be red alert the rest of the series because – there's no. There, there may be some extracurriculars.
0: I, I would fully expect Juan Soto to be uh, hit by a pitch at some point in the next two games, would you?
1: I, or at yeah, least I thrown know. at
0: in the general vicinity.
1: I. It's hard to say. It's hard to guess. But, I mean, he took one from the Mets that, to me, looked kind of intentional. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. The point is, the point is he wore one last week.
0: He, well, yeah. It helps you the, the on base percentage, right? Helps you on base percentage.
1: <laughs> no, well, if we were to talk about on base percentage – if I was an opposing team, I'd probably be walking him way more often than they actually I, this, It's That's right it. a good
0: point. That's a good point, right? I'd, love that, I'd, I'd let that
1: in base percentage go, go through the roof if I was an opponent.
0: Right. So th- that was kind of my next question is, at this point in time, like what's the incentive to pitch to him right now? <laughs> like, well, McElroy... I mean, is, if you have first base open, uh, if you have first base open right now, especially if there's nobody on, put his ass on base, right? Like there is there is no reason to face him with the way he's hitting right now. Reigning nationally, Player of the Week – he is on a tear. I believe he's hitting, uh, after tonight, 4.09 after tonight, because he's only one for four, 4.90 on base. Like, there's – with the way he's hitting the baseball, if you can't afford to put him on, you should right now, shouldn't you?
1: Probably. I mean, no matter who's hitting behind him, it's almost like you'd rather take your chances with him. Is Drew Cabrera hitting the ball well right now, hitting five home runs, especially from the right side of the plate where he's been outstanding? It's definitely helping Soto out because Cabrera is – Show them the ability to drive in runs. Same thing will go with Howie Kendrick if he's hitting behind him, maybe in the order. But Soto's kind of to me, it's going to kind of come down to to how those guys are doing and if the if whoever they're playing is is afraid of facing those those guys or whoever it may be behind him because if they're hitting, you're going to have to throw strikes to Soto. Kind of like last year with Rendon, with Soto behind Rendon, you had to throw strikes to Rendon. With Howie Kendrick hitting above three thirty in the five hole you have to throw strikes to Juan Soto. And that's when your really good players have the ability to actually do damage is, is when you have protection behind them that forces the opposing pitcher to come to your star hitter.
0: Before we get out of here, a couple more things. First, Luis Garcia, what have you seen from him so far? I think it's been a mixed bag. Obviously a lot of encouragement at the plate, but, I mean, the strikeouts, like the, the at-bats where he does strike out, it does seem that he's at a bit of a deficit. But then he has some – I mean, once again, he's got a couple – he's had a few swings in the limited action that we've seen him where you just tell the potential is there. I I think for me it's been a mixed bag.
1: Yeah, he's he's a really young player. Obviously the youngest guy in the major leagues, the first player born after 2000 to, to hit a home run in a major league game. So overall I think you have to look at it in an extremely positive light just because of his age. And I think that his approach comes across pretty professional. I mean, you can see the similarities in the two-strike stance to Juan Soto. I'm not saying the guy's going to be, be able to hit the ball like Juan Soto, but in terms of approach, choking up, um, you know, spreading out and, and squatting down like Soto does, it, it looks like Garcia almost took hitting lessons from, from Juan. So I like that aspect of his game a lot. I think he got a little bit unlucky. A couple times. I think tonight with bases loaded, where Soto ended up getting doubled off. That was kind of a tough break. It was right at the third baseman. Um, a home run in his second major league game. That's something um, to, be, to be proud of if you're Luis Garcia as well. So he kind of got thrown into the fire here with Starlin Castro's injury, but it's just um, so he's going he's gonna to have some, some learning curves for sure. But I think you can see the positive signs there with him.
0: And I think this team too is is a good place for him to be, right? I mean, we always talk about how the this team is full of guys with really professional approaches, whether it be Eden, whether it be you know, and Soto obviously too. I think this year, like you can just tell from this year to last year, the confidence has grown so much. And not saying he looks different at the plate, but you can tell he's grown at the plate already with with Soto. I think having those players having those influences around and there were you know there were times I mentioned this yesterday that that he was mistaken for Juan Soto at spring training because of just kind of the way like you said you know he's able to choke up squat down you know especially in two strike scenarios so I think it's a lot of encouragement I think it's encouraging that the spot he's in with the team he's in with the kind of guys around him to help teach him I think all that's encouraging so I would completely agree with you there the other thing I wanted to mention before we get out of here is these next, two start, these next two days are going to be really important because both it's important to get him on another good start, give him some support, and be in a position where one of these next two games is very important. I would bank on them probably. I mean, how
1: long is it going to be fine for? It's been. Well, I think it's been all year, except losing the series. I think it's been all year except for.
0: Well, I th- they've got five of the Marlins in four days. So there's your answer. Cause, I mean, they have <laughs> there's Baltimore there's your it. there is your there is your your prove it series. You got five. You got five games the Marlins in four days. There's that. That's kind of your. Uh, you know, like that. That is going to be the biggest series of the season. Um. And obviously, the Marlins are. Right, they lose the Mets tonight. So, you know, we'll we'll have that conversation in a couple days because obviously you're going to get. Strasburg, or excuse me, you're going to get Scherzer and Corbin to start off that series. So that's going to be a bit different. But I, I think getting a win out of these next two starts, most likely it's going to come with Fetty, just because he's been, you know, I think with what we've seen from him so far, he's been a lot better. But um, making, like the Nets showed tonight that when they don't get their best in the start, when they get, when they get a casual outing, I guess you could say, that's what I'll use. They get a casual, a, a decent outing out of the pitcher. And also yesterday, too, Scherzer wasn't great, and they still got the win. So the last two days, they've proved that they can have a winning effort offensively, even if they don't get the best out of their starter. The bullpen made it stick on Sunday. The bullpen needs to make it stick again if they get outings like they got today, tomorrow, and on Wednesday. That's going to be the key for me moving forward.
1: Oh, yeah, they got to make it stick, but now – when you're burning through your top guys and they don't hold hold the win for you, that's when things get dangerous. Because you got both and Fetty, and and neither have been terrible. So I think we're kind of, at least I am. I might be piling on guys who who really haven't, who, who've done a fine job. They're just it's a team now that's missing star players, and it kind of forces guys into more uncomfortable roles. But with both and Fetty coming up, and Hudson and Rainey going back to back days, Will Harris going today you do wonder kind of who it's going to be if they have a lead late in that game, who they're going to turn to. Um, So, yeah, but to your point, they're going to have to, at some point you have to hold it down. So, so we'll see. It's somebody's going to have to be a guy that steps up because without, without Anthony Rendon there, without Steven Strasburg there, without Ryan Zimmerman there, without Sean Doolittle there with Daniel Hudson um, blowing a couple games so far. It's a lot of guys that want a championship for you as major contributors that you can't that you can't look to or or have available for you to 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 make the plays and and step up and win games. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps up and and who David Martinez asks to to fill certain roles. Could it
0: be Dakota Backus?
1: Kind of what I would, might have been alluding to there is could it be Dakota <laughs> Backus? He's given you some really good innings. I think he's a guy that's looking to throw strikes. He's He's pounding the zone, and that's kind of that's kind of the first thing for any relief pitcher is is make them beat you, don't beat yourself. So I think you have to be really happy with what you've seen out of him and going to him with a lead in the sixth inning today shows they're willing to give him a little bit more of a leverage situation. So he's a guy that I think you could see taking on um, bigger innings. But I think
0: you're going to have to see him, right? I mean, yeah. you've got I mean, guys like Seth Romero who are up here. We've got guys like Will Crowe just got called up. I mean, it's going to be guys like Dakota Backus. It has to be. Not, They're
1: not going to – I don't think they're going to waver at all in terms of who they're using in the late innings of the lead right now. But if you look in the short term, when you go through Rainey and you use Hudson and Will Harris kind of all together, then that's when other guys may have to step up if you're in a similar situation the next two nights. So, yeah, you could see a guy like that um, get some innings for sure. I think that – I mean, after those guys, I feel probably most confident going going his way. I think Kyle Finnegan's done a solid yeah, job too. Finnegan too, I to say. Yeah. So you know they they have guys that they can turn to. I think it's we kind of talked about this in the first week of the season. The guys who you thought maybe your your primary guys in the bullpen, or it's turning into a little bit of the opposite. There's guys that you maybe didn't expect to be. Uh, so so dominant like in terms of Tanner Rainey or, or other guys to step up have actually been your, your better option. So it'll be interesting to see where Martinez goes from here.
0: Yeah, and, and it, it's interesting, especially when, you know, they have Seth Romero last week and Dakota Backus. Uh So, you know, he's, he's made three appearances so far this season, and he's age 29, and that might be a guy they're leading on. I mean, strange times. It's just kind of the, the, the environment we're living in. Last thing before we get out of here. In my opinion, I said the other day, I don't think we see Steven Strasberg for a long time. Um, I think there's no chance they send him back out there unless they're 110% sure that he feels completely fine. Because obviously they rush, not rush him back, but they put him back this weekend, uh, this past weekend, and he just was not ready to go. And the, the thing flared up. I, I don't really know the specifics, but... Clearly it's the you know, the fact that he wanted to pitch the game and that same issue flared up and got him. I'd be a bit surprised if we see him in the rest rest of the regular season. Like I like I don't think it's out of the question that they might shut him down for a
1: while. yeah, well if the season keeps going in this direction, I'd shut him down for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean only if they <laughs> they had to start playing a lot better. Yeah, They they'd make me consider reactivating Steven Strasberg at this point if he actually – if he does get healthy and, and they are able to put him out there. But I, I tend to agree with you there. I don't think we're going to see him again the rest of this year. Um, the team may be able to turn it out around a little bit and start winning games if if Hudson and Doolittle can, can get back to their old selves. But, yeah, it's – Strasburg, he's going to be out for a while for sure. I think Martinez alluded to end of the year at the earliest. So, I, I don't think he's a guy you can count on coming back. It'd be – it'd be a positive, it'd be a, you always have to just, you can't count on him being there. It'd just be kind of a um, a nice surprise if you do get him at any point.
0: Well, Eric, Eric Fetty and Austin both were fighting for that fifth starter spot. I'm sure you
1: guys can hear the excitement in my voice.
0: I, mean, I was, you know, I was just going to say Eric Fetty and Austin both, you know, they were, they were both fighting for a uh, a starter spot. Now they each have one. So there, there you go. Yeah.
1: And then as you guys can tell, I'm thrilled about it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Thank you, Connor. Appreciate your time. Once again, it was Braves seven, Nationals six, four runs in the bottom of the ninth, sunk the Nats in this game. They fall to eight and 12. The Braves go to 14 and 10. They'll be back at it on Tuesday night uh, from new, newly named Truist Park. Once again, you guys can go and uh, follow us online at LO Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors. And then go check out the Locked On MLB podcast as well as the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. All of these things are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we get out of here, I want to let you guys know that tonight's episode of Locked On Nationals Podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar now has 18 flavors, six new flavors including Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. They also have the 12 original flavors, six nut, six without nut, all of them have chocolate as well. It is the best tasting, best for you sports performance bar in the game today. Right now, you get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. It's only about a week or so, so go please do it now. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code on for $10 off at BuiltBar.com and a chance to win that free cooler.